the views expressed and the opinions given by the individual host, guest, random reptoid, or chupacabra may not necessarily reflect those of AM 950 Radio, its affiliates, or its sponsors. Now, it's time to step into the unknown. There are things people experience but never talk about. A shadow moving in the corner, flickering of the lights, a disembodied voice. We invite you to talk with us, share your story, share your experience, because this isn't just your story, this is our story. This is Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken. And this is Ghost Box Radio on AM 950, where every night we talk about the paranormal, ufology, Bigfoot, and so much more. My name is Greg Bakken. Thank you very much for joining me tonight. I did have a bit of a scare when I came in here tonight because I drove in and uh, uh, the boss was here, the guy who owns the station, Chad. And I thought, my gosh, am I going to be fired? Uh, And, uh, you know, uh, sadly, or not sadly, I mean, not sadly for me, maybe for everyone else, I was not fired. So um, we had a really good conversation. I always enjoy my time with with Chad, uh, and not because he's still in the building and I know he's listening, but also because uh, it's just uh, really, uh, it's it's always fun. We love to strategize about the show and where we hope to take it and stuff. So I always love uh, talking with Chad about it. So uh, that was a nice surprise. That's all I know. And I got paid. So there is something nice about that as well. Uh, you know, I'm really excited tonight. Um, I've been trying to get uh, Scott Porter on the program for some time. He has uh, consistently ignored my Facebook messaging. Uh, he has uh, consistently uh, acted like nothing was ever sent to him. And finally, I don't know what it was that broke through, but we were finally able to, uh, <laughs> to figure something out. Uh, and tonight... Tonight we're going to be talking about uh, the program uh, him and Stephanie Burke are doing on Fox Nation. It's a streaming uh, platform uh, that uh, has wonderful programs. Amongst them, this uh, Secrets of the Asylum, uh, which is a pretty amazing program. Scott, welcome to Ghost Box Radio. Hey, thank you, man. Glad to be here. Finally. Finally, I know, kidding. Well, and okay, so to add insult to injury, Scott, I'm just going to, and maybe this, yes. and this is maybe going too far, I don't know, but uh, you had done a show with uh, Tremendous in the cities here in Minnesota uh, with the last um, program that you all did uh, of, on uh, Travel Channel, and I was in the wings about to have my own program on the Travel Channel through Tremendous, but they were waiting to see not only how your program did, but how uh, Ghost Brothers was doing at the time. And needless to say, I'm on radio. So I I think we can all see how well your guys' program had gone. So, uh, you know, just just know. Hey, listen. Just just know. I think radio radio may be better. You know, you you just never know. Well, at least they don't have to see me. You know that's 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 the main thing about that, and uh, no, it, it's uh, it's uh, it's 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 all good now. I've 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 learned to forgive you. Uh, so, anyway, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, bet you, I bet you do. I bet you do. We the the, the program we're going to talk about today is Secrets of the Asylum. Uh, it's uh, I really want to get into some of the nuts and bolts about it. Once again, it is uh, it is streaming on Fox Nation. If you do not have Fox Nation. It's pretty easy to sign up, and if I'm not mistaken, Scott, if you sign up for a year, you get a month free, don't you? 
Oh, actually, if you uh, if you sign up right now, it's nineteen ninety nine for the entire year. It is. And if you are a veteran or a first responder and you sign up, you get a year free. One of the things I did not know, uh, and uh, and I because I, maybe I'm not paying close enough attention. At the beginning of, of Secrets of the Asylum, you had mentioned that you had worked in law enforcement. Uh, may I ask mm-hmm. uh, what you did, please, if you don't mind sharing? Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't mind a bit. I, uh, I worked in a couple facets. I worked for the uh, Sheriff's Department here locally back years, years, years ago. Uh, I left there and ended up going working uh, for the state and worked in the, in the department where we enforced uh, judicial directives on managed care contractors. I got away from from uh, from the physical law enforcement side yep. of it to where I was uh, enforcing it with a pen. Well, first of all, thank you so much for your service. I, I mean, obviously, we don't live in the same state or anything, but honestly, thank you so very much uh, for it. Because I mean, it, it it takes it take I I could never do it, and uh, I I have so much admiration for those who can and do it very well. So thank you so much for that. Here's the other question, though, Scott. Uh, you, you, mm-hmm. went, you went law enforcement. You got into paranormal. You, you are not the only person I know who uh, either uh, had been in law enforcement and went into the paranormal or been doing them simultaneously. What, do you think that there's any particular trait in being in law enforcement that really appeals to, to want to go and investigate the paranormal? I think uh... – Probably our passion, you know, for anyone who works in that type of capacity. I think the desire to discover uh, and to, you know, find evidence that proves something uh, is there or something exists. I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. We're, in, you know, we're inquisitive people by nature. Yeah. Uh, so not not just the law enforcement side, but those who look for answers everywhere. I think I think you could find. You know, I've, I've talked to physicians who are into the paranormal, uh, and they are the same way. You know, we all like to look and figure out, you know, the things that have not been figured out yet. What What's really interesting about that is that's exactly what your program is, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> well, my phone over. Well, Hold and that, I mean, second. I know it was a good question, but I don't know if it was – you know that kind of response is necessary, but uh... <laughs> throwing you around everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm... Earthquake. I mean, earth, earth moving. Uh, earth moving show. Um, the big thing is that with Secrets of the Asylum, you know, Steph and I had been talking for some time about we wanted to do a show where we really dug in deep. We've we've always had these questions about. We, we have these interactions with supernatural entities. We have these interactions with ghosts, what we'll call them. Um, and it's almost like everyone out there says they're there to help someone or they're there to capture evidence or they're there to figure it out, but they seem to stop once they get the evidence. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, my thought process has always been there's a reason why they're reaching out. There's a reason why this interaction is happening. And if we can kind of dig deeper into the history of the location and look at something that might match up with the evidence we're getting, we might find that there's a story that's tr- that, the, that the spirits are trying to tell us or something they're trying to show us to help them in, in getting their story across. I, so I've been, I had been watching the program 
And uh, I, may I just say, first of all, how well done it is. It is such a good oh, show. Thank you. Uh, and and uh, I mean, I, I, I only say this because it is my background, but anyone is going to appreciate what I'm going to say. First of all, the production values of the show, I mean, are, are very beautiful. They, they, the place looks great. Um, and and it's uh, it's really good. But what I really like about it, Scott, too, is that it's not a big group of people doing investigations. Not only that, you're doing it methodically. There isn't people freaking out, which I appreciate no. as well. It's just a very thoughtful and respectful program. Uh, and I think and, and I'm trying not to to make general sweeping statements about paranormal television. But to me, it's a breath of fresh air. Thank you so much. I mean, that was that was what we were going for. You know, I mean, it's like I said, you know, people and, and not to say that other shows have done something wrong, but exactly. I, I've, I've watched shows where and I've been on shows where each week you're at a new location and you're there, you're filming for a few days and you, you have some evidence, you have a historical story, you tell it, you say, hey, we got evidence and then you move on and there's never there's never that deep digging to try to see what's happening. And so yep. the big thing we wanted to do was peel back those layers of the onion and, and see what's really at the core, uh, especially at a place like Eloise Asylum. And, and that is a big, that is a big part of it. I think that is, I mean, and, and yours is not, of course, the first series to have like one area or one location over the course of a certain number of episodes. But I feel like that the, it is more focused than what I've ever seen before, uh, mm-hmm. and and it is such a uh, it it truly is a kind of taking away as you say taking away of uh, layers of the onion because there is so much to to see and you all pay respect to those who probably have died there and that was that was that was big to allow to allow family members. To be able to, mm-hmm. to to say and and kind of grieve, I think that was very important. It is, and I mean that's that's the thing about it is is very seldom do you ever get a chance to to talk to yeah. family of of those individuals who you may be making contact with those those spirits those entities, uh, and and getting their story and being able to tell their story and find out what they went through it kind of it paints a picture. Because there's so much history that's not recorded or that wasn't spoken of yeah. in the history books because people didn't want to talk about it. And if you talk to people who lived it or who heard those stories in their family, it it paints a better picture for you to be able to dig into the history of the location. Um, and it's also healing for them. Very yeah. much so. Could you, could you give us a little bit of the background of Eloise, please? And is it Eloise... Uh, sanatorium is it what what is the full title of that location well it's eloise asylum thank you uh but it was it was it started out life um ages ago as the um uh, wayne county poorhouse uh so it was it's been around since the 1800s um you know it started as just a a location where people just drop people off Mm mm-hmm um, you know, it became, it, it grew into one of the you know, the largest asylums uh, or uh, medical facilities around. It was 902 acres. I think it was 78 buildings. Yeah. Um, I mean, they literally had their own fire department, their own police. They had their own zip code. 
uh, their own post office. They made their own power. They had their own farm. Uh, you know, they were pretty much a self-sufficient town. Um, and I mean, it was a beautiful location from the outside. And there's many people who worked there that said that it was, they did great things. Um, and I'm sure they did in some sense, cause you have to think it was a different time, but, um, you know, Eloise was huge. And the story that we found was that in some cases, when people were dropped off there, if the family didn't come back to visit them, uh, then those individuals basically became test subjects for whatever procedure or uh, product or new discovery they were looking to test. And and that was um, – and I have uh, Don asking where where is Eloise, and that's just outside of Detroit? Just outside of Detroit, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, it just – I mean, and, and what really uh, was – frightening about this too is like obviously there's something underhanded going on turning patients into test subjects and the idea that they would keep track of what families would come back and those those patients would be a nicer like looked like a livable area opposed to most everyone else there yeah i mean literally when you walked into the main building um the k beard building when you walked into it i mean it it was beautiful it had marble and and robust wood trim and just just really a beautiful place when you first walked in. But then if you went to some of the back buildings that are no longer there, of course, or you were able to get into the tunnels, you found a, a different uh, atmosphere. Was, was anybody, because it seems like, if I'm not mistaken, Eloise was closed, what, in 1981 or something, wasn't it? It was in the 80s, yes. yeah. It was 81, 82. Yeah. Right. And, but no one – was there anyone who uh, was charged at, at that place for mishandling of human beings basically or was it just something kind of swept under the rug? No. I mean it seems to be one of those things that either was swept under the rug mm-hmm. or as as a society, you know, our, our acceptance of certain things mm-hmm. changes with time. Yeah. And – so at the time, perhaps it was one of those things was just accepted and, and it was not looked at as a, at that at that level. Uh, you know, of course, many of those people who were involved in in the earlier testing, uh, those people have been gone for some time. So there's nothing really to to charge them with. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just a different time, different time and place. It's it, but it does feel like based on what uh, maybe some of those people were kind of alluding to that. If uh, someone found out that they're going to Eloise, that not necessarily a death sentence, but it was not somewhere you'd want to go. Oh, my gosh. It was it was one of those things that was feared by many. Yeah. And even parents would tell kids that were unruly that if you don't stop, you don't act right. We're (laughs) going to send you to Eloise or you're going to end up at Eloise. And that put the fear of God in kids. So they would they would act right. (laughs) Gosh, that's an, that's ridiculous. Uh, the program, once again, is uh, Secrets of the Asylum, uh, Scott Porter's and uh, Stephanie Burke's uh, program on Fox Nation streaming uh, service. Uh, what we're going to do, why don't we go ahead, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the evidence that Scott and Stephanie had picked up uh, during the investigation. Also, folks, feel free to put your questions in the comments. As we continue our conversation, you're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. And 
Welcome back to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. My name is Greg Bakken. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I hope everyone's having a great week so far. I've had a really good week. Uh, I've been uh, I've been watching this fantastic series on uh, Fox Nation streaming service. It is, uh, of course, it's called Secrets of the Asylum. Tonight I have with us Scott Porter. Uh, this has been quite uh, quite the exciting program. I've been, you know, I, I asked people, go ahead, put uh, comments in the comments uh, in the chat. And, you know, right away people are wondering where season two is. Uh, one in particular, I've been watched the first six episodes, but season one is six episodes, right? That's that's Is that yes. where you left off? That's it. The first season is six episodes, so we're – we're hopeful that we can hear something soon and we can go back and continue to dig into the, the history of Eloise um, because there's so much more left. There, there's so many uh, reasons why I love this series, uh, which I, I'm afraid to say all of them because I don't want to give anything away as well. But the idea that uh, it's ongoing and that you are you yeah. and uh, Stephanie are allowing it to breathe, uh, it's it's truly uh, it, it's it's once again. I just love the fact that you're able to do that. I want to talk a little bit about what was going on there when you were all investigating. And I do apologize. The paranormal researcher, the local paranormal researcher, could you remind me of his name, please? Oh, Ryan, Ryan Sherwin. Thank you very much. I could, just could not. There's a <laughs> folks. There's a lot of names in this program. There's a lot of people <laughs> that you see, lot either living or dead. Give me a break. You know, I'm yeah. I'm doing the best I can. Uh, so, <laughs> but I mean, he was he was incredible. He was there. Is certain parts that w- was was kind of trying for him, and I don't blame him at all. Right. Uh, but you know, uh, overall, every, no one. Once again, no one freaked out. That was so nice right. to see. I know. I mean, it was it was really really cool. But within the first episode, you're already getting uh, some pretty uh, ridiculous stuff happening from spirits when you're investigating. Or actually, you're, were you even investigating or just doing the walkthrough? No, we were doing the walkthrough, and yeah. the the way that we approach it is that Stephanie goes through. She's a psychic medium. She goes through and she kind of just feels the area and starts telling the story. Um, she just starts spewing information. So I'm recording it, writing it down, you know, so that if anything comes out, you know, we can go back and kind of look and see if we can find those connections. Right. Um, the beautiful part about the show is you'll see these these flashes where there's these recreations. Yeah. And the big thing that we wanted to do in the show was it's one thing to have a psychic medium telling you what they're seeing and what they're experiencing, what they're feeling. But those images are straight from staff. Those images are what she's feeling, what she's seeing. So we want to kind of give the viewer some insight into her mind as well. Um, But the very first night we get in there, we're doing the walkthrough and Steph and I are going back and forth. We're talking, she's giving me names. She's, you know, things that she's hearing, things that she feels, and as we're both standing there, we're, we're watching one of our camera guys. So we had, at that particular time, we had three camera guys with mm-hmm. us and an audio guy. That was the only people that were there. Um, we may have had one more person who was an assistant just kind of helping move things around as we were going. Uh, but we were aware of everyone's location. So we knew where everyone was. Yep. Um, it's not, all the other crew is in one single room locked down. So we know, we know what's happening. We know what noises are happening or, or, or the ones that we want to hear. Um, but we're watching our camera guy 
And what really got our attention was he was stepping into a, a, a nurse's station to film us from inside the nurse's station. And he bumped one of the cameras or bumped, bumped the camera mm-hmm. on the door frame. And, and you know how expensive those cameras are. Yeah. So the first thing we did is both of us looked, you know, we're, we're looking straight at him and we kind of settle back into what we're doing. And immediately like he throws the camera to the floor. I mean, just throws it. That's right. And he says, something is stinging me. Something's in my shirt. Something's in my back. Something's stinging me. So we filmed this in May of, of 22. Um, so it's been 22. Yeah. 22. And so, um, it's been a while since it was filmed, but so the first thing that we're thinking is maybe it's a wasp. There's something has gotten to his shirt. Um, so Steph says, Hey, I'm going to raise your shirt up and take a look and see what it is. When she pulls his shirt up, there's scratches on his back everywhere. Now I've heard of people getting scratched. I've seen people's aftermath of getting scratched and I've always questioned it. I even questioned this, but the thing was, it happened right in front of me. And when we pulled the shirt up, the shirt was one of those, it's a, the, the moisture wicking type material. There was not a stitch out of place on the outside of the shirt. Yeah. On the inside of the shirt, there was no blood on the shirt, but his wounds were actively bleeding at that point. So we knew it just happened. And we tried to explain all that in the show. Um, there's, there's no way that any, that he, and we checked the walls, we checked everything. Something legitimately attacked him from behind. As as uh, as a fellow paranormal investigator, one of the things that I've learned over the years when it comes to scratches, and uh, I, I actually implemented this at an event I was at at York, Nebraska, at a mortuary uh, back in 2022, actually, as it happens. And uh, uh, some guy had said to me, he comes up to me at the end, and, you know, you kind of know the type, if, if you don't mind me saying so, of where you're going to have problem investigators at events. And he's just like, I was scratched back of my neck yeah. scratched and and you you look at him and it, it it sure is scratched but a couple things uh first of all there's a puffiness like an irritation around the scratches that uh if it's something spirit there really isn't that sort of puffiness irritation and secondly i'm like hey can i see your hands for a second and he showed me and he had he had skin in his fingertip in his fingernails yeah <laughs> i said yeah i said i'll, I'll let you, i'll let you just leave and we won't say anything yeah. more uh, but also i have to say uh, scott i did have uh, stephanie on my show a different iteration of my show oh probably about mm-hmm. six years ago or something and she did say using her mediumship she's like someday i'm gonna have a future boyfriend who will not respond to you on facebook it was really strange <laughs> it was, it was a, really incredible but you know no she didn't she she had the, the true part of that story she was on my show the, the yes. everything else is a, a blatant lie um <laughs> It's. It really is a. Uh, 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 I mean, you, like you said, you're looking at it. I mean, are you worried about yourself or Stephanie at this point? Because I mean, this is. I, I do, or do you subscribe? And I, no, no offense to the camera person, but sometimes it always seems like the weakest link is the one that gets attacked. What are your thoughts on that? Well, this this particular camera guy was was probably not the weakest link. Okay. Um, but, um, 
it was it was very intriguing. We, we we're still digging into that aspect of it, the whole aspect of why him. Uh, I mean, he did back into a nurse's station in an area where there was a a murder by a mm-hmm. a, a patient. Um, the the interesting thing that happened was after the cameras were off, the cameraman actually went to Stephanie and said, "Hey, what just happened? What happened to me?" Uh, you know, he was he was visibly shaken. He yeah. had a very uh, a very genuine interest in what happened to him. And, you know, she spoke to him and said, you know, I don't know what it was because we didn't know at that point. You know, we were just in there trying to collect or gather a feel for the building and kind of get an idea of what we were getting into. And um, he actually, after that night, he left. He packed his bags and left, and we had to uh, uh, operate differently after that. So he, he, he wouldn't come back. <laughs> and I don't blame him, right, if this is your first time. No. I, mean, I, I mean, a lot of, a lot of uh, people on these crews, they don't in my experience, they don't believe in any of it um, right. until something happens. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if that's the case for this gentleman. It doesn't really matter. What's what's happened's happened. What, right. what, what do we want to talk about next for uh, some uh, standout evidence? Because I'm being very careful. Scott and I talked about this before the show. We, you know, there, there's some big things that happen in this show that if you like to watch stuff caught on camera – you're not going to be disappointed, but we want to talk about some of it, but not all of it. You know, I think I think one of the pieces that we really dug into that you'll see us digging into on the show, um, and I'll kind of give the, the, the Cliff Notes version of it. Um, there's a spirit there. She's a young girl. Um, she had been uh, committed to the asylum because she was having seizures. Um, they were They were treating her with something called water therapy. And um, so the the history is she had been released for Christmas to go spend time with her parents. um, And she had, you know, visit with them, had a great Christmas. She didn't want to go back to the asylum. Her parents said, honey, you've only got just a, I think she had four more weeks or a month or ever how much longer it was to stay. There wasn't much. And they said, if you go back, you complete this bit, you'll be done and you'll be back home. And she just, she was adamant she didn't want to go back. She didn't like the things she was seeing or experiencing. And what we found out was that she had kind of a a free roam. She could walk around the buildings and just kind of visit and see things that maybe she shouldn't see. Um, But she was there about two weeks or maybe it wasn't that one, maybe it was eight, seven or eight days. Uh, and she uh, drowned in the hydrotherapy tub. Um, we went in to investigate because that's an area where people have said they've experienced her. Um, I mentioned her name was Harmonia. Yeah. Um, and we thought that with Steph and I both being parents and having – both of us have children around the same age as what Harmonia was, that we might be able to make a real valid connection with her. And so we tried to go in there and, and, and talk to her like she was a child and, and get to know her. And Steph got into the tub to kind of put herself in the place where Harmonia was when she passed to see if she could visualize what happened. And when she did that, um, we had a disembodied voice in the room mm-hmm. that everyone heard, 
We captured it on every recording device we had. We had two cameras going, um, three mic packs, uh, and an audio recorder. Captured it everywhere. And it was such a fast phrase that you couldn't really tell what it was. It just kind of counted like sounded like some, just some just some sounds. Um, but anyway, while Steph was there, she she actually says it's not an accident when she's visualizing what happened. Um, we also got some strange names on a, a geo port that we were using there. Um, and come to find out after doing some um, manipulation to the audio of the disembodied voice, uh, I literally slowed it way down and it became more clearly that there was a girl's voice there saying they killed me. Mm. So we had always read that she drowned by having a seizure while she was in the middle of a, of a hydrotherapy session. Um, that was the first clue that something had happened from her and the fact that Steph literally said it was not an accident. Wow. Um, so when we went back and looked, we found the name that was coming to the geoport that we didn't know had any connection to her case. Um, the name Edmund kept coming through the geoport, Ed, Edmund, Ed, Ed, Edmund. And what we discovered was when we found her death certificate, we found that the coroner on her death certificate was Edmund Knobloch. And he tried to literally reopen her case as a homicide after he had said that it was a drowning of natural cause. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> it doesn't get more real no. than the spirit telling the story of something that is wrong in history. And, and that you could find the validation through other means as well. Yes. Right. Right. We, uh, we literally got access to some of, of um, Edmund's, I think, journals uh, and some other articles where he had stated that he tried to reopen the case as a homicide. So he had, I mean, when you look at the room, looking at it from an investigative standpoint, the room was probably... I would say 15, 16 feet by 10 or 12 feet with a tub in the middle. I mean, if you're a nurse and you're in that room, you've got someone in the tub, if they start having a seizure, you're going to see them, you're going to hear them, you're going to know that something's wrong, you're going to get them out of the tub. Yep. Um, I just, it, it, it all screams homicide to me. And, and, and that's just one example? Just one of, of thousands of examples. I mean, Literally, just in front of, of the building there at Eloise, uh, the Cavier building, across uh, um, uh, Michigan Avenue, uh, there's a potter's field with, we know, over 7,000 unclaimed bodies that are just buried there. <laughs> it's just, that's just incredible. Uh, and and uh, there I point out at this, and we're talking with uh, Scott Porter about his his show on Fox Nation streaming service, uh, Secrets of the Asylum, an absolutely fantastic show that is paranormal but beyond paranormal as well. But I do want to say, and I don't know if this is the right time to say it, you and Stephanie also focus on the positive as well of, uh, of spirit communication at this location. Yeah. I don't know how deep you want to get into that, uh, but I just want to point that out that, you know, there is so much there is so much dark and, and nastiness there but there is but you also make sure that the positive is also uh, it, uh you know talked about as well 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's positive stories. Um, there were, and, it, and it's and it's an interesting um, dichotomy of how, on one side, you have people who had a very nice experience, mm-hmm. and they are very thankful for the experience they had. But then on the other side, you have these horrific things that occurred. I mean, they this place this this location they they tested the first X rays on humans. Yeah, you know, at this location, so. You know, there was lots of things that occurred, but, but there, like you said, there's good stories as well, and, and you have to bring out the good with the bad. And, and I guess I was also kind of meaning more of, too, of like there, that you go into this location, obviously there's a lot of dark energy there, but it's also a good situation for spirits to be heard as well that are not dark en- entities, but being able to be able to be heard as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just like you know, with Harmonia, she's a, she's a great little spirit that's there. She had a, something bad that happened to her in life. Uh, but even now, uh, we were just back there and did a, uh, an event investigation. And we took a music box up to that same room, which we used in the show. Um, and I placed the music box in the tub. And what it does, it's got a motion sensor on one end of it. It self-calibrates. It, it shoots off of whatever solid surface is in front of it. You have to break the beam or move motion in front of that thing to get it to go off. I placed it in the tub, turned it on, and as I walked out, I said, Harmonia, I said, it's Scott. I'm back here to see you again, hon. I said, there's a music box. We put it back in the tub for you. If you want to play with it, you're more than welcome to. I turned around, walked out of the room, got to the hallway. The music box starts playing. I mean, it's it's like she's just there to just to play. That is That is amazing. Why don't we go ahead and do this? Let's go ahead, take our second break. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, the production process a little bit with Scott. Also, folks, don't forget to put your questions into the chat if you have anything that you'd like to ask Scott. We're having a great conversation. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. Join me tomorrow on Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken. We're going to have the return of Moon Girl, Mistress of the Paranormal. We're going to be talking about uh, Chinese face readings. Uh, we actually were going to have her on a couple months ago. I got ill. Uh, but uh, we're going to be talking about this. It's very in-depth. It's very cool. And, uh, you know, we had Moon Girl on back in July talking about dream interpretation. And, boy, she uh, she knows what she's talking about. I'm really excited to be able to have her back on the program. I am finishing up my conversation with Mr. Scott Porter. We've been talking about uh, Secrets of the Asylum. Uh, it's streaming on uh, Fox Nation. Uh, go ahead and uh, get the streaming service. Not only is that show on there, but there's a lot of other great shows on there as well. I saw one with Rob Lowe uh, on there as as well, and it's 19... 19- 99 i think 1995 1999 for the year but uh what what is the uh, what does the military get against scott oh if you are a veteran uh whether active or retired uh if you are a first responder police fire um emergency services rescue uh you get a full year for free just for signing up so do it please do it and uh and uh it's this is a show well worth uh, streaming and giving the time to and really enjoying and going back and rewatching because there is a lot that is going on in it. There's a lot of layers to it as well, which is which is really nice, you know. Uh, so 
how long were you for this first season? How long were you actually there at Eloise? Uh, let's see. We were on site for about, I think it's five or six weeks oh. uh, total. Um, we were there for a couple weeks uh, all over that. And then we had to leave because we had to go out of, out of country and then come back and then finished up. And then we made return trips back, but we were, we did two weeks solid at a time is what we did. Sure. Wow. Uh, and when you're going through evidence, cause I, I, you, I saw, you know, there's, scenes of uh, all of you going through stuff are you are you going you and Stephanie going through everything yourselves or do you have anyone else helping or well like with any show you have to have people helping you yeah and we're very fortunate um, you know we we're our our showrunner our producer is Rob Safi um, Safi loves the paranormal just as much as as we do mm-hmm. and um, you know, he loves to go through the evidence as well. And so, you know, we're all looking at things, trying to find stuff. Um, so it's, it's, it's a group effort. Um, the, the most, the best part about it, I remember the first day on set, we got there to start filming and I, I asked Rob, I said, is there any type of program we need to follow? I said, are we looking for something in particular? Is there something I need to hit on as we start into this investigation? And he said, the only thing I ever need you to say is, hi, this is who we are. We're at Eloise Asylum. And he said, let the spirits write the show. Wow. And that's what we did. Yeah. We literally, every night when we finished, we went back and we sat down. We talked about what we had captured. Um, We started looking at evidence and we found, if whatever we found, that's how the show got turned it followed whatever the evidence told us to follow it it seemed like it was while you're investigating it had been a fairly uh grueling schedule because uh you know it would it would talk you would show that you all were there like two three in the morning still investigating picking up stuff i mean that had Mm -hmm. been really a lot of work uh really hard for you know just on on your psyche and your body to to uh do a marathon like that two weeks at a time it was it was really tough. I mean, because and I have to say, the production crew, the network, they took care of us so well. Um, you know, they knew what we were dealing with, and and they really did take care of us. But you know, there were times when I would be there to interview uh, family members or past employees or people who'd done research or or whatever. Because Steph was she was in the in the legal field, we call it a Chinese wall she was kept separate from all the information that Mm -hmm. I was able to find. And even there was some information that I didn't get until much later that maybe other researchers would have just because we didn't want to taint the investigation. And so it was interesting that, you know, from that standpoint, but man, the days there were, there were, there were mornings when we had been there from the day before we were shooting scenes and trying to beat the sun coming up. And then we would go back, we'd get a few hours sleep and then be right back at the asylum. I mean, did you all sleep in coffins? I mean, what, my God, I mean, it's <laughs> just amazing. Uh, and, and, but that's, and you know, every time I have someone uh, like, like yourself on a show who does television, I think that's the one thing mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I really like to stress is that uh, production is not easy. It really is not an easy thing for those who think, oh, I'd love to get a TV show and and just uh, just to, you know, 
you know, do my do what I love to do, paranormal investigate. It's like, yeah, you get to do that, but it is not easy. There's nothing easy about what what you're doing, Scott. It's it's not it's not a leisurely investigation. It's it's in this sense, it's when I talk about a deep dive and peeling back those layers of the onion, you have that going on. Yeah. But you also have the aspect of having to film all of that and be able to present it in a show. So there's certain angles you have to get. There's certain things you have to have to tell the story. And it's, it's not just a leisurely investigation. <laughs> and, and, and when you're talking, when you're, when you're explaining to Stephanie or anyone else on camera about something, you have to also think about how am I going to say this? Cause you might, you and Stephanie, especially being as close as you are, you probably have your own language basically, you know, and you all yeah. know what you're thinking about, but you have to really, and I don't want to say dumb it down cause that's not what it is, but you really have to think about what you're saying so that you're forming it in a way that all of us people watching are are totally getting it and following along because it's now a narrative as well. Right. And, and what you have to do is you have to become a storyteller Yeah, and you have to over explain the story. So there may be something that you have intuitively picked up from, from reading the history and putting the picture together that someone else would not see unless you explained it to them. Absolutely. Uh, Carol in the, in the chat had asked the question to you, have you had any spirits uh, follow you home? Well, you know, it's a funny question because I get that a lot. Um, one of the things that has happened to Steph and I several times, not only at Eloise, but it's happened to us at other and other trips. Hawaii was a big place that it happened to us. But uh, at Eloise, we had the spirits come to us in our dreams. Um, I never dreamed. You know, it's yeah. like, it's very rarely do I ever dream. Uh, but when we were there at Eloise and starting the investigation, we started seeing these images of things that were of Eloise. And what we've learned to do is that we don't tell each other exactly what we're dreaming. We kind of write it down and then we talk about it. So that way we have something to say, hey, listen, I actually did dream this. This is something here. And then that was kind of pointing us in a direction to tell a story for a certain spirit. Um, so do they follow you home? I mean, I guess so. Um, I think we all are energy. There's energy all around us. They are energy. Uh, and energy moves much faster and over greater distances easier than what we can. So there's no, there's no relevance of time, place, or position with them. Uh, so I think they can come visit you. And, and, and clearly it sounds like that, you know, they, they, and this is something I wanted to talk about too, is the, the amount of times that you both have been there now and the investigation <laughs> and what you're doing. I mean, you actually, I mean, do you consider it that you've made friends with some of these spirits because they, they know you are, you know, uh, they, like you mentioned with, with the bathtub, uh, just last, last segment. I mean, that seems to be there's a level of being comfortable with you. I, I think you build a rapport. Um, I, I think the spirits can sense on the energetic level, what your intentions are. Mm -hmm. And I, I think they know, or they learn, you know, who they can trust and who they can uh, rely on to tell the true story. Um, you know, I, I say build a rapport. When we first got there, nobody, nothing wanted to talk to us. It was just, Everything was standoffish, um, and as we 
continued to come back and show that we had this um, genuine desire to figure out their story and share it, uh, then it almost like it opened the floodgates of everybody that was there wanted to come and tell us their story so that we could talk about it. I can imagine from a production standpoint, no one, no one's talking to you, and you're like, oh my god, you know. I mean, this is supposed to be a TV yeah. show about spirits talking to us, um, but it's true though. I mean, I think, and and you know, it makes me think too. It's like kind of how animals can tell when there's good people around and stuff that you know <laughs> that they can. They, they can get that energy and stuff. And I like the idea that they come to you in dreams because they know that you're you're there to help. You're there to understand. Mm-hmm. And that's something that a lot of them, a lot of people, a lot of investigators, you said at the beginning, they come in, they want to help. But once you get to a certain point, uh, once they're able to have that thrill ride, and that's the thing that, you know, I teach a paranormal course with my friend Shar, and that's one of the things that we keep, trying to instill into people is like you can yeah the thrill is always being out there playing with some of the equipment and stuff but you have to do the follow-through and not only for your client but also for for the spirits as well absolutely and i mean it's one of the things that that we do i mean you 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 get excited when you capture evidence i mean that's just the nature of of our industry we want to have that interaction and so that's great but why did they why they have that trust in you to communicate with you? Why did they come across and try to share something with you from from their life? Uh, that's the part you have to dig into. Yeah, absolutely. And I also would love to commend both of you or all of you for the whole production that you, you're not coming up with weird things to use to uh, try to get spirit interaction. It's all very, you know, first of all, a lot of stuff that you can find or get some of it may be more expensive than other items but it doesn't matter it's mm-hmm. still available uh but you know it's stuff that it, it's it's not out of the bounds of of what we all use and uh showing that you're getting really good responses from them as well right i think i think one of the most simple things uh steph and i were talking before we went up there to do the investigation and film the show and she said, you know, she said, I, I've got a feeling that we could do something with bells. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what are you thinking about? And she said, let's let's just tie them on strings, maybe hang them in a room or hang them in doorways and just see if something will ring a bell. Um, I'm like, yeah, OK, well, that sounds like a good thing. You know, let's try that. And it's pretty easy to set up and yeah. inexpensive. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, watch the show and you'll see what happened. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> We're that li- was uh, that was very interesting. <laughs> that's that's fantastic, and and I've done I've done similar with bells, and I've had some movement and stuff on them, and that's it, you, like you said, it's the most simplest thing, and it doesn't have to yeah. be. And and I suppose too, what's also good when you're when you're doing these investigations and using equipment that you wanna you wanna have something that you, the spirits that you're trying to reach would understand what it is. It's nothing like weird or scary or lights up like right. yeah some of the stuff lights up but but at least yeah. some of the stuff is is tangible to them right and and i think one of the things that was great about the bells and, and we didn't know this until we got there but the asylum actually used a bell system to be able to ring nurses to come to the rooms oh yeah makes so sense it was perfect trigger object <laughs> it it really it really is and gosh there's uh, you know, and and like like we said last segment, this is just a couple of the things that uh, happen to yeah. you all when you're out there, and and there, we're, we haven't talked about 
the some of the big things that are just mind blowing, and it's just you yeah. you had to been you all had to been uh, you know just really excited. I mean, it seems like that you know doing that sort of thing really pumps you up to do more investigation, especially you know if you have a long night and you're just like, oh, what am I? What are we getting? What's going on? To see and hear some of the stuff you all got had to just pump you up. Oh my gosh! I mean, you would. It was funny because when we we're filming, we would we would find a piece of evidence, and Steph and I would immediately start to smile, and 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 Rob, of course, he would, he was behind the camera as well, and he'd be like, "Okay, guys, listen, you can't smile every time you see something that's supernatural. You've got to you've got to be serious." I'm like, but but that's how we react because it's it's like you've been searching for this, and it's it's you found it. And, and that's just a, that's, that brings joy to be able to find it. Um, but I mean, like when, when you watch the show, one of the big things too, that I want to hit on when you're investigating and you're trying to reach someone in one scene, you'll see us, we're, we're trying to communicate with someone who's potentially in the potter's field. And we kept getting the phrase, the term horse. Yeah. Um, and most people would probably think, oh, it's just a random word. Um, we started digging into it and we found that it had a very, very significant, uh, piece to the puzzle there. It's, it's, Mm. it's absolutely amazing. And, you know, I, I, I just, I just cannot, uh, stop praising, uh, the program. It's once again, it's secrets of the asylum. It is available on Fox nation. Uh, it's a a subscription service. Well worth it. I see a couple people on the chat saying that they want to subscribe Please let us know that you do so and let us know your thoughts. Yes. Scott, thank you so very much for taking the time tonight and talking to me about this amazing program. Oh, thank you so much. And, and everybody who's listening, you can follow me on social media. All my social media is, is at Scott Porter TN. And uh, shoot me your questions. I'll be happy to try to answer them. Thank you, Scott. Uh, and uh, tomorrow we'll be back with Moon Girl. Have a great night, everyone.